0: This is a call to arms. Are you tired of living a life of servitude, watching those you love shipped off to a war no one believes in, never to return? You can make a difference. Join the Scarlet Guard today. Fight for yourself. Fight for your freedom. Together we will rise. Red as the dawn.
1: I'm Greg Rockefeller.
0: I'm Beth Rockefeller.
2: And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast.
1: Today we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aviard.
0: So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey.
2: After a week of staring at my clock, waiting for midnight, I begin to despair. Of course Farley can't reach us here. Even she is not so talented. But tonight, when the clock ticks... I feel nothing for the first time since Queen's trial. No cameras, no electricity, nothing. The power is completely out. I've been in blackouts before, too many to count, but this is different. This isn't an
0: accident. This is for me. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Episode 9, Red Queen, Chapter 16.
1: I'm noticing that Mare is a little self centered. <laughs> This is for me.
2: This is for me. She's not wrong. Oh, she's not wrong, but like, it's like her brain immediately goes there.
1: Correct, because everything is about Mayor.
2: Also, she uh, starts doubting Farley, and that's not a good idea. She does that. Yeah, of course, Farley can't reach us here. Oh, correct. Like, really, girl.
1: Yeah, like, Farley can. Reach she's. Here she's. Anywhere. Yeah, she's in for a surprise. So, what's the first thing that happens here as soon as? uh... As soon as she realizes there's nothing going on, she's like, I got to find out what's going on, right?
2: Yeah, so she gets up, she gets shoes on, she goes outside her, she goes in the hallway, and Walsh is there. Huh? Just kind of like pulls her through the darkness. Right,
1: grabs her and like, takes her to a stairwell, Stairwell, mm-hmm. excuse me. and then she says, they're going to have the power back on in 15 minutes if we're lucky. Yeah. To which Mare asks,
2: and, and if, if we aren't? Not?
1: And Walsh says, well then I hope you're not too attached to your head. Walsh clearly knows, at this point, the danger she's in. She knows what's going oh, yeah. on, and she's fully still doing this because she believes.
2: Yeah, she knows apparently. what she's getting into, as anyone who does this should.
1: Right. So then Walsh takes her, and she thinks, first of all, for at first it's almost like she thinks she's outside, because there's yeah. grass and earth under her feet, there's trees everywhere, but it's a conservatory.
2: Mm-hmm. And it has a glass roof so she can see the sky.
1: Right. And as they get to this conservatory, she hears a voice behind her that says, Excuse me if I don't curtsy. Oh, I'm going to read this paragraph when please. when she steps out.
0: So she, Can you read it the way you hear Farley's voice in your head for me, please? Why? Because it'd be funny.
1: I don't know how I hear Farley's voice.
0: Oh, yes, you do.
1: I can't do Natalie Dormer's
2: voice. I'm sorry. I may be able to. I really tried. Yeah, do it, do it. No, not, I'm going to try right now. My voice is not in a good state.
1: <sighs> but here's, here, here is how it's written. Yeah. Excuse me if I don't curtsy, a voice says, emerging from a grove of white-spangled magnolia trees. Her blue eyes reflect the moon, glowing in the dark with cold fire. Farley has a real talent for theatrics. Farley! <laughs> Farley in the house.
2: I don't think you know how happy this makes me.
1: This is the first chapter, the first time we really get a good... Dose of Farley and really kind of understand who Farley is. Yeah. As I've said before, she does not disappoint.
2: She does not.
1: So when we first see Farley, she's got a scarf, a red scarf across her face, just like Mm -hmm. in the broadcast. Yeah. But Mare notices something about her, though, even with the scarf. What does she notice? Yeah.
2: There's a scar, and Mare doesn't know where it starts because it technically starts like under the scarf, but it literally goes all the way down her neck and into the collar of her shirt. So it's probably, like, somewhere around her mouth area, and then literally just goes all the way down her neck. And
1: this is fresh. It's something that wasn't there the last time she saw fall. So clearly Farley's yes. been busy. Yes. So as they're standing there, then Farley asks Walsh and the other one.
2: Mm-hmm. Which, Mare's kind of like, what? What the heck's going on here? This isn't... What? So they're waiting
1: for someone else. Yeah. And Walsh says Holland is bringing him. We've not met this character. We don't know who Holland is. Correct? No.
2: Okay. Not yet.
1: But Walsh seems really excited, and Farley seems almost excited. At least yeah. for Farley.
2: Yeah. And Farley doesn't get excited. So, like, any sign of not boredom is is like a good thing.
1: Correct. Who is this? Who is this mystery other one?
2: It's kind. Of, it's kind of weird. Maven.
1: It's Maven.
2: I know, right? It's so weird. Dun dun dun. <laughs>
1: now Mara surprised, but like super stoked to see.
2: Yeah.
1: Like over the moon. Yeah. Kind of weird, huh?
2: It's it's a little weird considering how she's felt before. Are you
1: uh, when you read when you read this the first time? Was this like shocking to you?
2: Yes, it was.
1: Because specifically it was Maven? Yes. Would you have been, like, let's say it had been Cal. Would you have been as shocked?
0: I wouldn't no. have been more shocked. No, I, I wouldn't mean, have been as shocked. Why?
1: I think the way it was going at that point, I would I would have been less shocked if it was Cal, yeah. But.
0: Cal seemed much more curious about, like. The red. Red life, yeah. Right. Well, that's true,
2: but it, he didn't think that the Scarlet Guard was a good idea. So, him joining the Scarlet Guard specifically would be more shocking than Maven.
1: Uh, But saying he doesn't think the Scarlet Guard's a good idea is exactly what you would think someone who's actually working for the Scarlet Guard would say.
2: Okay, Dad.
0: Laying it on a little thick. I mean, he's not wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: So, when Maven comes out, his first words are, I told you, you're not alone,
0: Mare.
2: And Mare just... Falls head over heels
0: for this guy right here and now yeah but be noted that maven is also pee in his pants petrified of Farley. <laughs> this is right. this is a great
1: point and this is what i this is what i love and why you this is a huge part this chapter is so big again i think it's possibly the biggest chapter in this book as far as a lot of things in the storylines mm-hmm. but it's you get so much of farley right here yeah and she's such a great character, because mm-hmm. she's a, a young woman who's very strong, doesn't take anyone's poop, mm-hmm. but she's got Silvers terrified.
2: Exactly. Maybe and scared of easy. her,
1: and she's a red with no abilities.
2: Exactly. But, like, that's just how frightening she is it's in just, general.
1: A lot of it's just the way she carries herself, and we we'll find see a lot of that just in this chapter alone. Yeah.
2: She's very confident in everything
0: she does.
1: So, Farley... It, this
0: escalates quickly, right? Because oh, yeah.
1: Farley is not super trusting and immediately puts a gun to Maven's head. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like a literal gun to his head. Oh, moment. yeah,
2: like she pulls out her pistol and actually puts it to his head. Yeah. And
1: he wants to know. She wants to know why are you the prince? Wanted to join the Scarlet Guard.
0: Yeah, and here we have to take one count off the flinch meter. <laughs> Because, because she specifically says Maven does not flinch when Farley puts a gun to his head. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's a flinch. Deducted. Off the meter. Yeah. No flinch. No flinch. But what's what's Maven's reasoning? What does he tell Mare? You guys have it?
1: He's basically saying the world is wrong.
0: Yeah, this world sucks.
1: My My father is wrong. The king is wrong. What his father and his brother are doing is wrong. But Farley's like, not having that. Yeah. That's, and we know it's right. wrong. We know. Why are you? Why is it any different for you as a silver?
0: Yeah. Well, and then Maven launches into a story here about his past when he was younger, and it's a really touching story. It's a pretty touching story. I'll give you that.
1: Right. Well, the first thing he does is he talks about when he was twelve and his father sending him to the, 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 the war, front. the warfront. Right. At yeah. twelve. At twelve.
2: 12 years
1: old. Yeah. And he talks about how Cal is perfect, and why can't I be perfect like Cal? That's what his father thinks of him. And Farley basically laughs at at him and says, I have no use for jealous little boys. But then, he goes into his story. And this is what, directly from the book, I wish it was jealousy that drove me here, Maven murmurs, murmur counter. (laughs) I spent three years... there's a
0: flinch in there, too. There
1: is, yeah. Yep. I spent three years in the barracks following Cal and officers and generals, watching soldiers fight and die for war no one believed in. Where Cal saw honor and loyalty, I saw foolishness. I saw waste, blood on both sides of the dividing line, and your people gave so much more. There was a boy, just 17, a red from the frozen north. He didn't know me on sight, not like everyone else, but he treated me just fine. He treated me like a person. I think he was my first real friend. Maybe it's a trick of the moonlight, but something like tears glimmer in his eyes. His name was Thomas, and I watched him die. I could have saved him, but my guards held me back. His life wasn't worth mine, they said. Then the tears are gone, replaced by clenched fists and an iron will. Cal calls this the balance, silver over red. He's a good person, and he'll be a just ruler, but he doesn't think change is worth the cost, he says. I'm trying to tell you that I'm not the same as the rest of them. I think my I think my life is worth yours, and I'll give it gladly if it means change. And then here is what Mare thinks immediately after. I'm just going to read these next couple of sentences. Yeah. After she hears this, she says, she thinks to herself, he is a prince, and worst of all, the queen's son. I didn't want to trust him before for this very reason, for the secrets he kept hidden. Or maybe this is what he was hiding all along, his own heart. So he's... Uh, this is a pretty, I mean, a pretty brutal moment to hear
0: mm-hmm.
1: To hear Maven talk like that, I think. A kind of a real moment. After this story, what does Farley do?
0: Well, she lowers the gun.
2: Which is, you know, it's one step up from having right, a gun to, to his head. And then, yeah. and then
1: Holland, Maven's the Maven servant, jumps right up and says, basically, he's felt this way for a long time.
0: Yeah, he's told me. Since he me. came
1: back from the front. He's talked about this. Anyone close to Maven knows. This is how he feels.
0: Yeah. Mary uses one of my favorite phrases, too, when she says that she releases a breath she didn't even know that she'd been holding. That's, like, one of my favorite feelings when I'm watching a good show.
2: Or, like, a movie or something. Like, you, you let out a breath, and you're like, wait, when did I start holding that? Yeah.
0: I remember the first time I was watching Breaking Bad, I got to season four, and there was an episode where that happened. They hit a scene break, and I was just like... Right. Oh my gosh, was I even holding my breath? This is insane. And
1: what's funny is this this is again back to Farley. There's kind of this release your breath moment cuz she drops the gun, right? She doesn't she doesn't have it on Maven anymore.
2: Yeah.
1: But then she basically turns right on Holland and is in his face and it's like and you immediately told him about the Scarlet Guard like, yeah, your prince who's a silver says he thinks things are bad for the reds and you immediately tell him Everything about the Scarlet Guard, she's just like up in his face now. Because to her, everything is about the cause and protecting what they're doing.
2: And Farley also has trust issues. For a good reason. For a good reason. Right. I mean, I have trust issues. (laughs) So,
1: I mean, and Mayor even at at one point says that she believes what Holland says is true. She believes Maven. Mm -hmm. But she can't convince Farley. Only Maven can convince Farley. Yeah. So what does Farley ask Maven to do? Uh,
2: she asks him to do something called swearing on his colors,
1: which is a big deal.
2: Yeah, for silvers, for silvers, this is like the biggest thing. Right.
1: It's the colors of their family, their house, right?
2: Yeah. It's like swearing on your life, your family, and your children to come all at once. So it's
1: and he does literally everything. He swears on his colors. He swears allegiance to the Scarlet Guard,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: Farley takes off her scarf off her face and says. Welcome to the Scarlet Guard.
0: Yeah. So do you guys think, when I was reading this, I kind of got a little thought train in my head about how long Maven had been back from the front. Like, does this put him at only, like, 15 or 16 years old at this point? Because if he went to the front when he was 12, he was there for three years, and he's been home for a couple of months or a few months... Talking about this. He's 15 or 16. That can't put him more than 16 years old. Right. Yes. That's
2: crazy. He's he's 16.
1: The amount of pressure.
0: Yeah. 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 So much pressure. Like seeing you guys at auditions and thinking, mm-hmm. you know, this is an age that you guys are bordering on. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so young. Yeah. It is.
2: I mean, Cal's like 20.
1: Well, Mayor's 17, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, mm. Mare and Maven are about the same age. No, that would make younger. Maven,
0: yeah, like a little bit younger. I mean, I guess she's closer in age to Maven than she is to Cal, which yeah, why well, it would make more sense for her to be engaged to Maven. And I mean, still but he's
1: 16, still. We're silvers, I guess. I mean, who am I to judge?
0: Maven, sorry to derail us for a second, but that <laughs> was just, I was reading that thinking, oh my gosh, this kid is like 15 or 16 years old, and this is the stuff he's already had yeah. to deal with. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: Well,
1: I mean, you gotta think what is what is Farley at this point, like twenty three maybe? Which seems like light years older than Maven, but she's a twenty three year old young woman who's orchestrating bombings yeah. against these godlike tyrannical beings that are holding reds down. It's just I mean the all of these characters are so young.
2: Yeah. There isn't really a huge character that like does a lot in terms of like
1: that it, right, that isn't relatively young, a teenager or yeah. early twenties, yeah.
2: Under like twenty five.
1: That is a young adult book. Yeah. So then mayor moves over to Maven and holds his hand, which he's which is hot now, by the way. <laughs> but she goes over and immediately starts holding Maven's hand. And she whispers to him, Thank you, Maven. You don't know what this means to us. But in her head, she thinks, to me. Yeah. She's smitten.
2: Oh, she is so smitten.
1: She's seeing a whole different side, I think, of Maven. not mm-hmm. really different. I mean, he seemed to kind of be the one that would wait for her and talk to her, you know, when they were doing the yeah the training. But I just think this is kind of... She feels like she's seeing who he really is, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think I would say it's like seeing a different side of him. Because... He's finally, kind of letting his guard down. He's showing what he can't when he's in groups of people or around his parents. Right,
1: exactly. And I mean, he just he swore on his colors, which is no small thing at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, So you know, between that and his story about the the war front, I think at this point when when I was reading it, I was wanting to to trust in like Maven, and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I, I just I'm not trusting by nature when it comes to especially books and stuff like this, because I'm always looking for the, you know, the the next shoe to drop, but this is a, at this point, it's like, okay.
2: Yeah. It's one of those things where you wanted to trust Maven, but you couldn't fully let yourself trust him just because he was Alara's son. Right. And then he really opens up and tells this heartfelt story, and it's like, oh, well. Right. Now you can't not.
1: He was closed off. And then he tells his story and even may- even Mayor's like, you know, I don't want to trust this guy. And he seems to be hiding something. Is this what he's been hiding all yeah. along? And it's it could be, I mean, it's a it would be have to be very tight lipped around his family and obviously around his mom.
2: Yeah.
1: To do something like this. Yeah. So then so far all business and so she wants to know now what can Maven offer. Mm hmm. So, there's a lot of muttering from Maven and a lot of growling and snapping from Farley.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Farley's a very impatient person, especially if it's like, okay, now I just need to know what you can do for me, and I know you can give me these answers now, so don't dance
0: around this. Like, I'm not going to be patient with this. Well, he's like, I sit on this council and that council. It's like, I don't care. She's like... Tax council. Yeah, Farley snaps. The guard doesn't care about your councils. You know, she wants to know... Names of high up people she wants yeah. locations they can hit to weaken the army
1: what cause the most damage or yeah, yeah she wants, they she ca- wants take things out the most actual, important person
0: right that that make a big loud noise and
1: maven's like not comfortable with that at all he he's kind of like basically
0: I would prefer a
2: less hostile, yeah, path. can I mean, we do this
1: less hostile le- a less violent manner?
2: Your violence isn't really earning you any friends,
1: right he even says that he's like, and basically. You know, killing people or killing silvers isn't where you want to go with this.
2: Yeah.
1: But also, he could just be saying that because he doesn't want to give him targets, which I don't, You I mean, I understand why he wants to work with the Scarlet Guard at this point yeah. and help Reds, but you're talking about giving up names of people you're willing to, or a destination or a location where you know people are going to die.
2: Yeah. Can I read what Farley says? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your people are a thousand times more violent and cruel than mine we spent the last few centuries under a silver boot, and we're not going to get out by being nice. Right. Yeah. Dead on. Exactly.
1: Revolutions are very, very rarely bloodless.
2: Exactly.
1: Then <laughs> Farley makes fun of Maven, because, you know, Maven and Americans are standing there basically holding hands, <laughs> kind of like this little united front. Farley's just... It's
2: just Farley... like, oh, you guys are so cute. Yeah, she calls him the little
1: prince and the
0: lightning girl.
2: Which sounds like a cheesy like 70s
0: sitcom. <laughs> oh, for sure. But Mare like sparks up in response to that. Which is, she does not like Farley no. calling her the little lightning girl at all. Well, she doesn't like anyone calling her that. I know, but especially not Farley. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to see little lightning girl? And like sparks up her hands but real fast. then when she does <laughs> like, that, literally like... literally throwing hands. Remember,
1: they're in the middle of the conservatory in the middle of the Silver City, right? Right.
0: Right, what's she gonna really do? Well, she
1: sparks up, and all these Scarlet Guard come out of the woodworks in the shadows. There's a <laughs> bunch of them. Like Tristan's there, and all these other. Yeah. We'll find out some others that are there, but all these other Scarlet Guard comes out, and Mare's thinking to herself. She t- in the book, she's thinking, they can't, they can't hurt her and Maven. Yeah. This is one of the things where I, you realize she's young because she thinks now I've got powers. I'm, I'm like the silver. I'm invincible. They
2: have guns. They can't shoot me. Right.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) silly. And Farley just just smiles. Yeah. As Mayor's (laughs) lighting up, Farley just smiles. I mean, she just, you can't, you can't break her.
2: Sorry, I'm smiling really big right now. So if my voice sounds different, that's fine. I'm actually smiling and laughing right
1: now. And this is where Farley says the, the biggest thing that they want is the prince and mayor. Yeah. Because with them standing by their side, and everyone knowing that those two are with the Scarlet Guard, that's bigger than anything.
2: Yeah, I actually want to read what she says and how she phrases that. Go ahead. We can bomb and burn every inch of this country down, but that will never do the damage you two can do. A silver prince turning against his crown? A red girl with abilities? What will people say when they see you standing with us?
1: She calls him the face of their glorious revolution. Yeah. And then it kind of kicks into Farley and Maven kind of discussing how that the King and the Silver Royals have been trying to squelch any discussion of the Scarlet Guard until the Archeon bombing, where they she, where they took credit and they couldn't really do it anymore.
2: Yeah, and then they kind of they they like talk about the stuff that the King has tried to say weren't Scarlet Guard attacks.
1: Right. Remember the with Colonel Macanthos. He was having an argument with Alara, and Alara didn't want any of that because she was bringing up how they they were Scarlet Guard attacks. And, like, there was the Airfield, Mm -hmm. Harbor Bay, Mm -hmm. Delphi, Delphi. Delphi. So those are all things that were Scarlet Guard attacks, but most Silvers probably don't realize they were Scarlet Guard attacks. Yeah. So this is why Maven is probably privy to a little bit more information than the normal. This is why he's rightfully fearful of Farley because they've done damage to the Silvers. A lot of damage. And it doesn't look good for the Silvers, remember, they're all about power and strength.
0: Strength and power. Yes.
1: So she's showing it
0: like a cult. Right. So they have to hide
1: everything because she's showing that they're not as powerful as they seem. Are
0: we sure it's not a cult? No. (laughs) No, I'm not sure it's not. (laughs) TikTok cult to clock.
1: And then also they couldn't make Mare go away. Yes. So now things are kind of cracking. There's a red with abilities. They can't just make her go away, so they got to turn her into a silver. Yeah. So we cannot have a red with abilities.
2: Yeah. But, like, they're not going to be able to keep that up forever. Like, there's inevitably, this is going to not be a thing. Right. Like, there's no way that no one is going to come along and be like, wait, this is weird.
1: Right. So even Maven's kind of getting into it now. He He's like... With Farley, they want to do something big. They want to do something that no one can say, oh, the Scarlet Guard's not a big deal anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's actually Mare that kind of like stops them and goes, hey guys, this has consequences. Yeah, I don't think you understand what you're talking about and what's going to happen to all these Reds you supposedly care so much about because she saw what happened to the Reds in Somerton yeah. after the Scarlet Guard took credit for the bombing and the Reds were getting beaten in the streets.
2: Yeah. It's like, I mean, the silver the, the Silvers will turn on us. This will get worse.
1: Right. And Farley says, well, we'll get more volunteers. Yeah. And that more Reds will realize what's going on and know that it's time to make sacrifices.
2: Mm-hmm. So Mare is kind of... Getting all angry, kind of. And says, was my brother your sacrifice? Was his death worth it to you?
1: Well, and to her credit.
2: Farley doesn't try to lie.
1: She says Shade knew what he was getting into.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not a lie. She's right. not saying that it wasn't a sacrifice that he had to make, but he knew he was doing it.
1: Yeah. And so Mayor's still worried about Reds getting rounded up, what's gonna to happen to the Reds, what's gonna to happen to the Reds. And it's Maven who kinda of comes in this time and th- says, Think of your histories, Mayor. What has Julian taught
2: you? Yeah. And I'm gonna
1: read some things here.
2: Yeah. There's there's some there's some good stuff here.
1: So Maven says, Think of your histories, Mayor, what has Julian taught you? He taught me about death, the before, the wars, but beyond that in a time when things could still change, there were revolutions. The people rose, the empires fell, and things changed. Liberty moved in arcs, rising and falling with the tide of time. Revolution needs a spark, I murmur, repeating what Julian would say in our lessons. And even sparks burn. Farley smiles. You should know that better than anyone. And I think Mayer's point is a good one, that there, for every action from the Scarlet Guard, there's going to be a reaction from the Silver, and they don't know what that's going to be. But Farley has made a very good point, as does Maven. At this point, almost, what more can they do to Reds that they haven't already done? Is this really life? Isn't it worth sacrifice to get freedom? Yeah. That's where Farley's at at this point. So it's kind of, I guess, you've got to decide on your own how much you can take until you're willing to sacrifice your life for the freedom of your children's lives or their children.
2: Mare's also like, yeah, all these other people are going to die. She's not thinking that she's already putting her life in danger just by being where she is right now.
1: Right. And then Mare's still not convinced, but Maven talks about Cal, saying Cal said that the change is not worth the cost. He said yeah. he, he believes that the Reds are being mistreated, but the change isn't worth the cost. Well, Cal means it's the cost of silver lives. Exactly. And she's, Maven's basically is like, is that what Cal's going to be the king? Is that what you want for the future?
2: Mary's just like, well, no, but. Eh.
1: So she's starting to kind of come around and understand there's not going to be change unless they make change. And yeah. that's going to take some sacrifice.
2: Not everyone can just make it out of this alive. Like, we can't end this by talking. Like, talking it out isn't going to work.
1: So now they're looking for something. They want to do something, as I said, big. Something noticeable, something that can't be discounted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start talking about the ball that's coming up, which is the yeah. what is it called? The
2: parting ball. The parting
1: ball. That's where they're getting ready to head back.
2: Mm-hmm. All the Queen's trial girls leave, and the royal family heads back to the capital in Archeon. So
1: that's there's going to be a lot going on and a lot of people there. So it's
2: mm-hmm. a it's a huge event,
1: and it's a perfect time to do something.
2: Yes because everyone is going to be there
1: right but mayor is worried about alara most of all because yeah. remember she can get in your head and um, she's worried about alara knowing what they're doing or knowing something's up
2: yeah and so maven knows that that's not true because there's gonna be so many people there because of all of the minds that are going to be there for her to get into she's gonna be basically useless
1: right there's gonna be so it's almost gonna be like Static, like, yeah, she's going to be, her signal's going to be blocked because there's so many minds, right? Yeah. And Maven would know. Right. So far they, they decide, like Farley seems to be cautiously, I will not want to say 100% trustworthy or trusting of Maven, mm-hmm. but she seems to believe that there's something genuine about him. Right. Yeah. So she, and the discussion, I think they pretty much decided that, that that's a good time. The ball would be an opportune time. To do something. So Farley's basically like, well, we'll be in contact soon. Yeah. Which is, you know, typical Farley. She's not going to tell you where or when. we will just be pulled just out of your be, room yeah. and there will be Farley. it will
2: just be a random blackout and Walsh will take you out of your room. So Mare asks for something else. She something actually, in return. She actually
1: grabs Farley, Farley before Gar- she can leave. Yeah. yeah.
2: She says, my friend, the one I came to you about before, wants to join the guard. But you can't let him. Just make sure he doesn't get involved in any of this. And Farley actually looks like she has, like, regret in her eyes. Like, well, sorry.
1: Too late. Because Kalorn comes out of the shadows.
2: Yeah. And this makes Mare really angry. Not at Farley, because she knows that being angry at Farley isn't a good idea, but at Kalorn.
1: Right. She's, like, so mad at this guy for having his own life. It's hilarious to me.
2: Like, how dare you? A boy who's technically older than me have your own life. Right. Excuse and, you? And
1: I get it. you got to remember, again, she is young. She's 17, and he's young. But it's just funny because she's, like, so mad she's, to herself. She, she's talking about how after everything I've done for him, after I sacrificed so much to get him out of this, out of the war, after I did this for him. And it's I get it to a point, but he's a grown man.
2: And he didn't ask her to do any of that. Right. She just did.
1: And she's, it's fine that she did that and she's bummed, but she's so mad at him. Yeah. For doing what he thinks right. And he even says he's doing this for her. He's fighting for her, too. This isn't just about him.
2: Mare's all like, oh, you know what happened to Shade? You can't do this. Like, well, he's willing to do it. He doesn't care.
1: Right, she's mad he won't let her protect him, and he's mad that she just won't let him live his life and still be his friend.
2: I'm on Team Coulorn in this in this
0: fight here. Gotta, I mean, she gotta said that it. she knew that that's what he was going to do. Right. She said that at the, at the end yeah. of the last chapter. And that's he's going to go and find Farley That's and why join she her. was
1: trying to tell Farley to stop him. And, you know,
0: but it already it had already
2: happened. Like, yeah. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, it, and like I said, she's... Mare wants to be, she so wants to save everybody, and you just can't. And then as she's leaving, she won't even look back. She says, I won't look back, not now, when he's betrayed all I've ever done for him. Um,
2: um, Mare,
1: honey. over much? A
2: little bit. Because
1: Glorin B- basically didn't ask her to do anything. Yeah. And she's now mad at him for basically becoming a man.
2: Exactly. Mayor's all like, do what you want, Colorn. Like she's she's getting all all moody and Right.
1: And he's like, But Mayor, don't be so mad. And she's like, as if. <laughs> so they head back and then we basically get like a week goes by and they haven't heard anything. Yeah. And then they go to training and something a little different's going on. Yeah.
2: It's not a normal training session.
1: They're dueling.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like it's like sparring, so no one's going to really get hurt because they have healers and everything.
1: Oh, they'll get hurt. They'll just get
2: healed. Oh, yeah. Permanently hurt. Before anyone dies. Yeah. It's kind of like
0: in the Chamber of Secrets when you get to see the teachers duel for the first time. Yeah. And you're like, wow, real grown-ups using real magic. <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah.
1: Right. So Maven goes first.
0: Waterhead. Shout out. Holla.
1: Maven goes against a nymph, right? Which is like, a, they control water. Yes. Water,
0: yeah. yeah. So, which is, obviously water's going to put out flame. Yeah. Nymphs are
2: Burner's like natural disadvantage. Well, it's the yeah. most notable disadvantage and, to a Burner.
1: And Maven looks like he's doing well. And as he's doing it, Cal standing by Mare is, is like, oh, he's going to lose. He's, she's like, well, he's got her cornered But mm-hmm. she faints him and basically pulls him and switches places and beats Maven. And Cal saw that, because Cal would have whooped this girl's butt, regardless of the water. Yeah. And we find that out here in a minute. So Maven, as we can tell, not really a great strategist and fighter when it comes to combat. Yeah. Then we get a couple more duels, and then Cal goes up against two Silvers, right? Do we we know who these Silvers are, or what their abilities are?
0: Yeah, one of them is a Windweaver, and the other one is a Stoneskin.
1: Ah, and Cal basically Those
0: are both rather rather self-explanatory.
1: This yeah. this is another in the line of swole Cal because Cal basically is toying with these with these two. Yeah,
2: like he's just so good he's, at this.
1: He's so good, and Mayor's just like astonished at how good he is and his swoleness. She
2: loves swole Cal. <laughs> I put I put this
1: is, I put basically him him the way he beat these two is like swoleness personified. He yes, oh
0: yeah, mega swoleitude. Oh, the stone skin is a Macanthos, by the way. Yes.
2: Oh, okay. So,
0: somebody from the general's line.
1: So, what we see here is we heard the story earlier. uh, Well, before the story that he told about Thomas, Maven saying his father sent him to the war front. Maybe he could toughen him up and make him more like Cal. Now we're seeing what he means. Maven didn't look bad at first, and then he gets beat by this girl. Cal just looks like an absolute beast. He's clearly built for war.
2: Exactly. And he's also smarter when it comes to fighting. And I think that's one of the... That's that's definitely Cal's like Military
1: tactics and combat tactics, absolutely Cal. And the ability to pull it off. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So then it's Evangeline's turn to choose who she wants to duel. Yeah. Drumroll, please. Mm -hmm. And it's Marina Titanos.
0: <gasps> what? Dun,
1: How
2: dare she?
1: That's our cliffhanger for the end of the chapter is she wants to duel Mayor? Like, we didn't, I mean, we should see that coming. You know Evangeline's had it out.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. So that's where we end the chapter. Um, The dueling portion, the last portion of that chapter kind of sets up some things to come and gives us a nice cliffhanger. All it really did was... Uh, there were two things it did. It gives us the cliffhanger. And it, and it displays
2: Cal's swleness. Yeah,
1: Cal's yeah. The
2: solitude
1: Yes. But everything that happened earlier with the Scarlet Guard, Farley, Maven, Mare, that's such an important part of this book.
2: Yeah, it's it's a really big turning point. It's it, when the, I think it's when it really kicks off. Like, it this is. This is when the story really starts picking up. Because there was like everything that happened... Like when she found out that Cluoran's master died. that Kind of set this whole thing off. And there was eight. She was, you know, put into the silver world. But this is where it really kicks off. Because this is where she's, you know, she's with the Scarlet Guard. And so is Maven. And they're planning all of this stuff that they're going to do. Right. This is when it really gets going.
1: And you get to see another side of Maven. And Mare does too. And Mare's gonna be forced to marry this guy, but it's almost like they're both now fighting the Scarlet, Ga- fighting with the Scarlet Guard to try to stop everything that's going on, which means it would stop their forced marriage. But she's kind of, kind of fond of him now, yeah. Actually, which I mean, you it's can understand. It's not just like
2: make the best of a crappy situation, right?
1: It's right.
2: actual. They're actually kind of into each other.
1: And clearly he had been thinking about this in the Scarlet Guard thing, at least at some point, because he even did say to Mare, before, you're not alone in this. So this doesn't seem like a spur-of-the-moment thing from from what I'm seeing for Maven.
2: No.
1: So anything that uh, you want to go back through and discuss or touch on that we might have missed? I don't think so. Uh, Not that
0: I can think of. Pretty much everything. We went pretty in detail on this chapter. Yeah. This is a big one.
1: It is. It's a short chapter in the book. It's only like 14 or 15 pages, but those first nine pages, because so much is being set up right now.
0: All right. Well, this week we have kind of a new little segment. We did a little bit last week, but we're going to make it an official segment, and it's Fan Art Corner. Um, I've been on Instagram a lot lately. Our account is Reading with the Rockefellers on Instagram, so go find us there. And, um, I go through hashtags, uh, hashtag red queen or hashtag Barrow. excuse me. Sorry guys about my voice this week. It's really cold here. We had like nine inches of snow. So yeah. kind of going through a little bit of my throat's going through a very similar thing. But, so I've been seeing all this awesome fan art on Instagram and really connecting with other fans of the series through fan art. So I want to invite all the artists that listen to the show Send us your fan art. We want to see what you guys draw. We want to see how you envision Mare looks, how you envision Cal and Maven looks. Um, I've seen drawings of the palace. Oh, yeah. Some I want to really see drawings of the buildings. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Send us whatever you guys have got. Uh, again, find us on Instagram, Reading with the Rockefellers. You can email us at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. We're going to start having an actual page on our website for fan art submissions. So if you go to readingwiththerockefellers.com and click on the fan art page, you'll be able to see all of our fan art. And this week, shout out to our fan artist of the week is M. Red Boss on Instagram. She put up an amazing drawing of Mare that we'll have on our website for fan art for episode nine so definitely hop over to readingwiththerockefellers.com to see that or find us on Instagram at readingwiththerockefellers and you'll be able to see all of our fan art submissions. So guys, please thank you send them in. We love seeing your work. And it's
2: I've seen all of it, it is all very good.
1: Oh yeah. It's amazing. Amazing work. It is not it's it's great art, but it's also very creative because I love to see the way people view the characters and see the characters. Because the characters aren't so overly detailed as far as their descriptions of their physical appearances in the books. They're not just, like, throwing detail at you like some It's not like it's clearly
2: based on one person. Like, they're clearly trying to create an image of an exact person.
1: Right. So you get a little bit of the character. So it's nice to see what people think that these characters look like based on... Just their own point of view. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: like how I have my thoughts. Right. Yeah. And then seeing how other people interpret this universe in their head and is just, super awesome. Especially this, since we don't have any movies or anything like that to go on with this series right, yet. So right. the world is totally built by the fans in their head.
1: And this, this drawing of Mare from this episode, the one that you're you were talking about, is amazing. It's yeah. yeah
0: like M Red Boss does um, pretty much all portraits on their Instagram. It's portraits of different characters in books, and they're all amazing. So check it out. It's just the letter M Red Boss on Instagram. And thank you so much, M Red Boss, for your fan art submission this week. We really appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's about wraps it up for this chapter.
0: All right. I well, think it does. Thank you guys for coming on this journey for chapter sixteen with us. This is a big one. It's uh. Kind of all downhill from here, I guess they could say. It feels like every chapter is like that, but this one is where everything really yeah. got turned on its head. Mayor thought things were going to be one way, and mm-hmm. now they're going to be completely different. Right. Yeah, and and if you they really trace the Scarlet Guard action, it comes from here. Right, we get to see much more of what they do from here on out, and not you know just hear about it. it. Right. Kind
1: of and they're about to plan. They're planning in the process of planning what they consider a rebellion, a revolutionary act, but what the Silvers are going to consider an act of terrorism. So right. I mean, this is going to be...
0: I mean, they're it's getting treason deep. 100% yeah. what they're doing. And they now they have the prince on right. their side, too. So right. come back next week and see how all of this plays out with us. We are so glad that you guys are on this journey with us. Uh, we are loving going back through this book. We were talking off mic earlier about how great it is going back and... Rereading now that we've been through the whole series and kind of seeing, you know, knowing what we know coming from that part of it, and now coming back to the earlier ones. So we hope that you guys are having just as much fun with it as we are. Mm-hmm. All right, we will see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.